Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Set in Buenos Aires, Argentina, the film Azur follows a private banker by the name of Ivan, played by Fabricio Rangioni, as he arrives from Geneva with his wife Ines, played by Stephanie Cleo, to replace a mysteriously missing colleague and placate their moneyed clientele. Moving through smoke-filled lounges and lush gardens of a society under intense surveillance, he finds himself untangling a sinister web of colonialism, high finance, and a nation's dirty war. A remarkably assured debut feature film from Swiss director Andreas Fontana, Azur invites us into the alluring world of the ultra-wealthy in the 1970s Argentina. And with that, I'd like to welcome to the program Andreas Fontana. Andreas, welcome to Film School Radio. Hello, thank you very much. This is such a compelling story. It is a international intrigue it's the back with a backdrop of a civil war a political unrest and so much else is going on in the film um what inspired you to to make this well um you know in in switzerland bankers are very a lot of bankers and and but private banking is very specific to some some cities like geneva or basel or Zurich. And I was really interested in, in working in this territory of private banking because um, it's a very specific world. They only work with, um, with very rich people. And they, especially they use the fear of these people. And the fear is like a, their territory. When the client, the customer, uh, feels some fear, uh, they are very uh, efficient because, of course, the client needs to to protect their their needs and their the money so where there is a lot of fear there is a lot of bankers uh, private private bankers specifically so it was very i was very interested in in this uh, situation very special of, of course quite um, dark because it's not it's not uh, it's not a virtue i mean uh, and and so um, in Geneva, as I say, it, it's a, a important uh, world. The private banking. My own grandfather was a private banker, and but it's not a world I was knowing because my, my mother was a poet, and my, my father was a, a sculptor. Is a sculptor, and my mother is still alive. But I, I didn't have any connection with bank and with this world of a lot of money. It it, it was completely strain for me and uh, when he died my grandfather uh, i begin to to make some research and to, to discover this, uh, this this territory well i think in this story and i and i as i was watching the film i i was struck by the um, relationship between political unrest governing a country and and banking and how a nation's stability let me put it another way let me say it differently a nation's financial standing, the currency, so much of the fate of the country is related to the stability within a country. It, it discourages investment. It does a lot of damaging things when the politics of a country become unsettled. 
and that and it's so in this film i see this playing out and how it preempts everything else in terms of the the political and governmental destiny of argentina and i may be exaggerating but i don't i don't believe so as i'm watching it it becomes more and more apparent and the logic of it becomes more apparent to me that if you do not have political uh, financial stability um, you are looking at an abyss of sorts. Yeah, in a way, banks for the treason, banks are so powerful because they, they, they own a lot of power and they can also make a huge destabilization of every country they want. And for example, there is something very strong happening after the, the, the dictatorship in, in, in Argentina. The, some some trials begin like in 80s and, and then those trials have been cancelled but but during these trials the own uh, dictator uh, who was in this time videla was saying well uh the, the swiss banker made made some condition for us to to access to the credits and and so it was very important because we didn't have a, a good image in the worldwide opinion public opinion and it was important for us to be to be in in business with switzerland just to arrange this uh, image you know and, and then of course to um just to get those credits so that means that in this situation swiss bankers had a lot of power just to to say to argentina you have to do like that and if you do that okay we, you can go with us and we can make a deal that's very strong, you know, and I was very, yeah, I feel something very strong. I mean, against this simple possibility. And by the way, by bringing this up, I'm not arguing for some sort of moral equivalency of, of, of that, what happened in Argentina. I'm not trying to say that that was, I mean, what happened was tragic and, and horrific for the people of Argentina. And just trying to understand it through the prism of this story gives me another another way into understanding what happened and why. And it, because all of the things that we see in Azor make they, there's an internal logic to it, and there's also kind of a um, a higher logic to all of it in terms of history, and and kind of understanding it through through what we see in this film. And that has a lot to do with how well you were able to draw characters put people in in certain parts of the film that illuminate things about this world to which most of us will never have access or an understanding. So that goes to your research and it also goes to your storytelling. The way that you're able to create this world that we are uh, allowed into is pretty remarkable. I thought you did a fantastic job of creating this environment for us to understand what happened. And I'm very curious as to your research must have been extensive. Obviously, you have family history in this world. But in terms of the kind of characters that you were trying to uh, create, what were you what was your thought? What were you trying to sort of bring to the story through the characters of Yvonne and Innes and, and others? What was what were you hoping to accomplish? I think I was very interested in, in bringing places and characters we are not uh, used to see to, to know in cinema but not only in cinema also in life because of course those places and those um, 
things happening in the movie, we are not supposed to be there and to to watch it. We are it's supposed to be secret. I wanted to create the the, the weight of this secret, you know, yeah. and um, that was a, a, a main goal for me to to create that. And and then of course I've been making research for a long time, maybe two and a half years, meeting people, bankers, wife of bankers, and also. So clients in Argentina, people very rich, uh, uh, owners of, of uh, stancias, and, and just to understand who are they, just not to go directly to the cliché, because first of all, I, I'm like everybody, I, I think about something, and the first thing I, I is a cliché, and, and then I say, okay, this is a cliché, what, what's next, you know? So the, the what's next was very important for me just to, to, to go through the cliche and to, 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 to try to, to describe something a little bit different. And for example, I've been meeting a lot of people during my, my research. It was important for me not to, to, to judge like um, in a caricatural way all the characters, but, but just to, to let the, the audience Making all judgment because it's the part of the job of the audience to say, well, what what I have to do with all these things in a moral way, you know. Yeah. I think is it's important to be active as a spectator. That is the thing that comes across the shadowy world of these, not only the private bankers, the diplomats, the the officials, the cardinal. There are so many. Th- uh, people in here whose agendas are are hidden, who are not supposed to completely understand where they're coming from. And even with Ivan, he's discreet, he's quiet. Rarely does he lead a conversation. He reacts to conversation. His Innes is much more um, willing to probe other people for 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 information or for insights into their character. So I, I really appreciated those, the, the sort of partnership of those two and critically important parts of the film, obviously. And then in all of these situations, they react a little bit differently and it creates kind of a greater picture for all of us to understand what's going on, but it's never quite clear. It's never quite understandable. So is that fair assessment? I think the the ambiguity uh, in, in the interpretation uh, of the audience about the the main character or about the I mean the plot is important for me as a spectator. When I am not completely sure, it, it makes me feel something very stimulating. But also it makes me thinking clearly because when it's only emotion or like when I am completely kidnapped by the emotion of, I don't know, like great passional love or with a lot of music. It's okay, I can I, I can enjoy it, but I cannot think clearly, you know. And, and But in this movie, I, want, I wanted to create some kind of distance and, and, and yeah, an ambiguity, ambiguity of, um, in the interpretation of the audience. It was very important for me. But really, because I'm like that as a, as a spectator, I, I enjoy it. I think it's uh, make me st- st- stimulated. So I yeah. was, I was, yeah. A tremendous amount of anxiety watching this film for me. 
By the way, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the director and writer of the film Azor, and that would be Andreas Fontana. What I felt when I'm in that kind of a mental state when I'm watching a film where I'm anxious, not quite understanding everything, I'm waiting for something sort of cathartic to happen, it makes me pay attention to the film all the more closely because I do feel like there are clues, sort of crumbs that you drop along the way in sort of understanding a bigger picture, but I am perfectly happy not understanding at all because I, I don't have to have closure. I, I, like, I like ambiguity in my films I, because it allows me a space to think about it even more than I might otherwise. So I thought you did an incredibly good job of creating a, a foreboding sense of what might happen all the way to the end, to the very end of the film. I'm really not sure what's going to happen. And I just thought you did a wonderful job. And I think some of that has to do not only with the story, your direction, the cinematography, the entire film has a look, almost has a godfather kind of look to it. It's There's muted colors throughout. There's, it's a very shady sort of world that we're in. Um, and I'm sure that was a conscious decision on your part, but I'd like to tip the hat to, uh, tip of that, to your cinematographer, your work here. It was just, it's just remarkable. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we, we wanted to, the formal experiment in the movie are uh, quite, it's not a mainstream movie, so we wanted just to have a shape which was um, quite easy to to enter in the movie and, and just to be a little bit discreet. I mean, elegant, but discreet, because the, the important thing was, was not in, in, in this, I mean, just to be um impressive visually i mean it's important to be elegant but the mo the main thing was in, in in another place so yeah we we were we were working very carefully with uh, gabriel sandro the cinematographer just uh, to work in in an old school way you know just taking decision during the, the shooting and not during the post production in, in terms of light in terms of uh, optical in terms of uh, everything but then, yeah, just in a classical but elegant way, uh, and and to to assume that the difference was not in the, the image, but not to be just not to try to be different in this way, but in all the rest. Uh, so that was a decision, of course, very early we take. Yeah, I, it's just a wonderful look. The uh, the reaction in the film has been outstanding. Been. Um, highly regarded. This is your, I believe your first feature narrative film. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it's inspiring for you to hear all of the people who are talking about this. this is one of the best films I've seen all year and certainly deserves all of the accolades that it's received. Uh, because as I said, it's not, it's not just the look, it's not just a story. It is the acting across the board. The people that you got to work in this film uh, in the actors is they're all absolutely spot on and they, they all of the and again i my your ability to create tension with very little violence to speak of i don't think there's anything that i would point to in the film that would indicate you know an actual act of violence but nonetheless i felt it lingering around the film for the entire time i was watching it it was it was the dark matter in this world that we were in and i and I, that's how I felt. And especially the way you basically opened the film, where they're, they're in the car waiting to meet with someone. And we see the military in the, in the street with those two men 
sets all of these thoughts and these kind of this anticipation in motion. And I, I don't have a question except to say congratulations on your ability to really make this all about the anticipation of what might happen. Yeah, thank you. I mean, yes, it was, I mean, it's a first feature. And I mean, what we tried to do is not to be afraid to, to, to be fragile in a way, you know, because, for example, just to work with non-professional actors give you a lot of risk. But I, I was very interested in, in assume this fragility of, but it, it gives something like, a, I mean, the, the strangeness of the movie is also is, is fragility, you know, because if you if you want to do, to see this movie in your phone, uh, in, in, the, in the bus, it's impossible. I mean, it's impossible. You cannot do that. An audience, you have to assume that you are going to see a different movie in terms of rhythm. And if you don't like this rhythm, you you, you go you go to, to see another one. So I, I was very interested in, in assume this kind of fragility, not only the rhythm, but all the things that could be completely failed, but they're not. <laughs> it, it was a risk, you know. So it's I think it's an ambitious movie, and very happy that uh, we work a lot. We've been working a lot to do it, so I think we work quite good, but I, I'm very happy of the reception of the movie, for sure. Congratulations on the film. The film um, is available on Mubi, the platform, the streaming platform, and uh, you should check this out if you get the opportunity to. You should subscribe to Mubi. Anyway, it's a great platform for films. It's, um, some of the best in international films, the best in filmmaking is going on there. And I would heartily endorse you to, as, a, as a listener to check this out. Again, the film is called Azor. And we've been talking with the writer and the director, Andreas Fontana. Andreas, thank you so very much for your time. It was a great honor and, and great pleasure. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.